Welcome to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 234 of the podcast. And on this episode, I am talking about Justin Verlander winning his third Cy Young Award. Verlander pitching for the Houston Astros won his third Cy Young Award going 18-4 with a 1.75 ERA, the lowest in his career to go along with 185 strikeouts. Verlander was already a great pitcher before joining the Astros. Astros with the Detroit Tigers. He won a Cy Young. He was a six-time All-Star, but with Houston, he has taken his game to another level. With the Astros, Verlander has gone 61-19 and with a 2.26 earn run average, and he's won two Cy Young Awards and has been a part of two World Series winning teams. If you didn't think Justin Verlander was a Hall of Fame pitcher before he pitched with the Astros, you certainly do now. Those are the starting pitchers I admire the most. The ones who were able to have really good careers with multiple teams. It's one of the reasons why John Lester is one of my favorite pitchers of all time. It's not because he was so good when he played for my Boston Red Sox. It was that he was able to go join the Chicago Cubs and help them win a World Series. Randy Johnson was an all-time great pitcher with both the Seattle Mariners and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Those are the type of pitchers I look at and think they are the best of all time. And you certainly have to put Verlander in that category. He has been dominant for two different teams, and not a lot of pitchers can say that, especially in this modern era of baseball, where a lot of great pitchers switch teams and then are never the same again. I look at Madison Bumgarner. I thought he was on the path to being a Hall of Fame pitcher. Now he's joined the Arizona Diamondbacks, and he's almost become irrelevant. In a sense, Verlander feels like a dying breed. There are not a lot of pitchers like him anymore. You can bank on him year after year to be consistent and eat up innings. In his 17 seasons in the major leagues, Verlander has won at least 15 games 13 times, made 30 or more starts 13 times, pitched over 200 innings 12 times, had 200 or more strikeouts 9 times. We should all enjoy watching him pitch because there may never be another pitcher like him again. Like, I just don't see the modern pitcher lasting as long as he did. Like, is Garrett Cole as dominant as he is right now, going to be very good in his mid-30s. We've already seen a guy as young as Steven Strasburg deal with injury issues. I just don't see a pitcher being this good for a 15-year-plus period anymore. The craziest thing about that statement is pitchers are barely asked to do anything as starting pitchers. They don't go deep in ball games, yet they don't have as long careers. I mean, how do you make sense about that? Look at a guy like John Smoltz. John Smoltz pitched 20 20 plus years in the big leagues, he went from being a starting pitcher to a closer and pitched into his 40s. I mean, you're never going to see a guy like that again. Verlander is going to make it into his 40s, but I don't think you're going to see that. Clayton Kershaw is 34 years old. You're not going to see a 40-year-old Clayton Kershaw. He's already no longer the same dominant pitcher that he once was. When I first started to watch baseball, baseball was filled with these older starting pitchers who had pitched decades plus. You had Kurt Schilling, you had Roger Clemens, you had Greg Maddox, you had Tom Glavin, you had John Smoltz. Now the game, there are so few of those guys. You have Justin Verlander and you have maybe Max Scherzer. What's interesting about Verlander is, yes, he is a great pitcher, but he feels more like a unicorn now more than ever because baseball is not filled with those guys anymore. There really is only Justin Verlander. I do want to get back to his list of accomplishments. 
accomplishments because Verlander has led the American League in wins four times, strikeouts five times, and twice had the lowest ERA in 2006. He won Rookie of the Year 2011 while a member of the Tigers. He was league MVP going 24-5 and with a 2.40 ERA and 250 strikeouts, leading the pitching triple crown categories, and he's thrown free career no-hitters. In his career, there is nothing he hasn't done in the game of baseball. He's one of the last pitchers you can look at by the old school categories of wins, ERAs, and strikeouts and say that he's categorically great. There's no denying. You can't have an argument about how good Justin Verlander is as a pitcher because he's been great in all three of those categories. My issue with some of these modern pitchers is, yes, right now we feel like they are great, but in 10 years, are we going to look at them the same way? I've said this before about a guy like Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom has won Cy Youngs, but he doesn't have wins, and I know we say that wins don't matter, and maybe they don't, but I feel like we only really feel about that way in the moment. Every great pitcher we've ever put in the Hall of Fame has a great amount of wins. Jacob deGrom is 34 years old and only has 82 career wins. Now, yes, you can say that's all because of his circumstances and the team that he's played for, the New York Mets, while a guy like Verlander has been a part of many teams that have had great offenses. The Detroit Tigers had Miguel Cabrera. The Houston Astros have had Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa. The list goes on and on of the great offensive players that Justin Verlander has played with. My point, which I have one, is that Justin Verlander is a surefire Hall of Famer based on everyone's argument. There will be people at the end of the day who look at a pitcher like Jacob deGrom and go, what am I supposed to do with this guy? He doesn't have 200 wins. He doesn't have the strikeout numbers. He's never been on a World Series winning team. How am I supposed to measure success? I talked about this, about the closer position about a month ago on this podcast, and I feel the same way about starting pitchers. I don't know how to grade a Hall of Fame starting pitcher. It sure felt like when I watched Felix Hernandez on the mound with the Seattle Mariners that I was watching a Hall of Fame pitcher, but that guy is probably not going to make the Hall of Fame. Johan Santana didn't even sniff the Hall of Fame. That's a guy that won multiple Cy Youngs. He had one of the best pitches in all of baseball, his changeup, yet nobody thought he was a Hall of Fame pitcher, but from the eye test, he sure looked like one. We can say all we want that wins don't matter, but I do think we all agree on something that does matter, longevity, and that's exactly what Justin Verlander has. He is 39 years old, and he is on the top of his game, and that puts him ahead of guys like Johan Santana that didn't last very long, or Felix Hernandez. Justin Verlander has outlasted his peer group. That's really the only thing we can watch and rate from now on when it comes to a Hall of Fame pitcher is how long they are dominant. I look at a guy like Chris Sale who pitches for the team I root for, the Boston Red Sox. Chris Sale has had a short run of dominance. He has not been good enough for long enough to be considered a Hall of Fame pitcher if his career ended today. People will make the argument that a guy like Jacob deGrom is going to go to the Hall of Fame because he's won 
won multiple Cy Youngs. Well, guess here's a list of guys who have won multiple Cy Youngs who are not in the Hall of Fame and came nowhere close. Tim Lincecum was a dominant pitcher with a short run. He didn't make the Hall of Fame. Johan Santana has a multiple Cy Young Award winner. He did not sniff the Hall of Fame. Verlander not only has the Cy Youngs, he has the wins, he has the strikeouts, he has the longevity, he has the World Series titles. He's won an MVP. Like I said earlier, he's been dominant with more than one team. And for that reason, he's going to be a surefire Hall of Famer. I think the problem that baseball is going to run into is they can no longer grade pitchers on that Hall of Fame scale because there might never be another Justin Verlander. And you can't just ignore the next great decade of starting pitchers. You can't just say, I can't put you in the Hall of Fame because you're not like Justin Verlander. Because it feels like baseball will never allow another pitcher to be like Justin Verlander again. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Garrett Cole will last another 10 years and will say he is Justin Verlander. But it sure feels like Justin Verlander is the last type of guy who's going to be this good for this long. The crazy thing about Verlander winning his third Cy Young Award this year is last year he didn't even pitch due to injury. He is coming back of an injury and he's 39 years old and he won a Cy Young Award. He's the fourth oldest pitcher to win a Cy Young behind only Roger Clemens at 42, Gaylord Perry at 40, and Earl Wynn at 39. And this is something I'm most interested in when it comes to this conversation about Verlander. What was once common has now become so unique. Like there were guys winning Cy Young Awards in their 40s. Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson was super dominant in his late 30s as well. Now for whatever reason, starting pitchers are not having as long of careers as they used to, which again is super odd because they're being asked to do a lot less, yet they're not sustaining their dominance like they used to. It's a really confusing thing when it comes to the sport of baseball and the state of the starting pitcher in general. One of the best seasons I've ever seen a pitcher had was Mike Messina, who in his final season in the big leagues won 20 games for the first time in his career. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about when I say we're never going to see something like that again. A guy have one of his best seasons at that age. And I believe there are some key factors as to why I don't think we value winning 20 games anymore. Nobody really cares if you win 20 games. Winning 20 games used to mean that you were automatically a candidate to be a Cy Young Award winner. The only pitcher in 2022 to win 20 games was Atlanta Braves pitcher Kyle Wright. Nobody knows who that is. He's not a big name. Winning 20 games used to be important. It's why that Mike Mussina season was a big deal because he was a great pitcher who had yet to win 20 games. Now, winning 20 games is just an afterthought. Kyle Wright wasn't even in the discussion to win NL Cy Young Award. In fact, his own teammate Max Fried, who only won 14 games, was a finalist above him. Again, the voters don't value these old school stats like win totals. How are we, the public, supposed to rate starting pitchers if you don't value wins anymore? And how is the Hall of Fame going to view all this? That's why I think the Hall of Fame is going to be crazy in the next 30 years or so. Are you going to have a bunch of Hall of Fame starting pitchers who don't even have, like, let's say, 150 wins? That's why I say enjoy Justin Verlander while he lasts. There's a strong case to be made that Verlander is the best starting pitcher of this era. The other two I would put in the discussion is his former teammate Max Scherzer and Clayne Kershaw of the 
Dodgers. All three have won three Cy Young Award winners. Why I would give Verlander the upper hand is his longevity. He's 39 and still as dominant as ever. Kershaw, for example, is 34 and while still good, is not the same pitcher he was in his prime. And Scherzer is closer, but I still give Verlander the upper hand. I think he's been better than those two pitchers. What's also insane about him is he's still able to sustain his velocity at 39 years old. He can still throw a baseball at 100 miles per hour with control. I know almost no one cares about a pitcher's velocity, but according to MLB.com, Justin Verlander had the highest velocity ever for a 39-plus year old starting pitcher at 95.4 miles per hour. That's almost 4 miles per hour more than the second best, which was Bartolo Colon, who pitched 91.2 miles per hour in 2013. Think about it. The guy is 39 years old and can routinely throw 95 miles per hour. Usually when a pitcher relies on velocity as he ages, that 95 usually goes down to let's say 90, like CC Sabathia. CC Sabathia early on in his career was a power pitcher and then he became more of a control pitcher. That has not been the case thus far for Justin Verlander. He's a real rarity in the game of baseball. Watching starting pitchers age can be painful. Even Pedro Martinez wasn't the same guy in his 30s than he was in the prime of his career. Justin Verlander has been consistent. That's what's so special about him. He's not in the discussion of the best pitchers of all time, but if he keeps going on this pace, and let's say he gets to 300 wins, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. He's at 244. Let's say he pitches three more seasons, wins 18 games a season, then he's in that category, and if he gets to that category, I think you can make an argument that Justin Verlander is a top 10 starting pitcher of all time because he'd have the World Series wins, he'd have the strikeout numbers, he'd have the MVPs, he'd have the no-hitters, and he'd have over 300 wins. As I'm recording this, Verlander is currently a free agent. I would expect him to return to the Astros to finish out his career. It's best for both parties. They are a stacked team and he is their ace. If he goes back there, then there's a decent chance he ends up with 300 wins because the future of that team looks really bright. I don't care about the GM leaving. That team has Jordan Alvarez. That team has Alex Bregman and Jeremy Pena who may very well end up being a superstar. I also believe all the other big market teams should go after him, particularly the Dodgers and the Yankees. I think those teams need a starting pitcher like that, a guy who would thrive in those big markets. I said this on this podcast a few weeks ago. The issue I have with the Dodgers is not that they're not a great team. It's that they don't have great starting pitching. You can no longer rely on Clayton Kershaw. The Dodgers can no longer make the postseason and use the excuse, well, we didn't just get there because of Clayton Kershaw. No one thinks you should be relying on Clayton Kershaw anymore. Bring in Justin Verlander, and then Clayton Kershaw can just be a guy who comes out of the bullpen in the postseason. Clayton Kershaw should never make another vital postseason start for the Dodgers ever again. As for the Yankees, think about this. A rotation with Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Luis Severino. Who says no to that rotation? Maybe the downside of that is the Yankees have had some issues bringing in some of those all-time great pitchers at the end of their careers. I'm thinking about Randy Johnson, who had a bad few 
seasons with the New York Yankees that nobody seems to want to remember. That didn't really work out. I think in this case, though, Justin Verlander is a different type of animal. I think he likes the spotlight, and I think he would thrive as a member of the Yankees. I also think the Mets should be in on it. The Mets might very well lose Jacob deGrom. They could fill that hole with Justin Verlander, pair him with Max Scherzer. The Mets should be a win-now team. It doesn't matter where the Mets are going to be in the next five years. They are built to win the World Series next season. They have an older manager in Buck Showalter. They have an aggressive owner who's willing to spend the money. Spend the money wisely and bring in Justin Verlander. And on a selfish note, I would love the Boston Red Sox to bring in Justin Verlander. The Red Sox can no longer rely on Chris Sale to ever come back. That's where I'm at with the Chris Sale situation. You might also be losing Michael Waka and Nathan Avaldi. I mean, the Red Sox starting pitching situation is in flux. Bringing in Justin Verlander would stabilize that situation and make it so you have a clear A starting pitcher. Now, why on earth would Justin Verlander want to be a member of a Red Sox team that might be on the downhill? I have no idea. Pay him a boatload of money and he might just come. Now, I'm not going more than a two-year deal with Verlander, but would I go two years, $40 million for Justin Verlander? Absolutely, especially if I believe I have a chance of winning the World Series. No team that's not in contention should want Justin Verlander. He is the type of guy who should be the missing piece to a team that's about to win. That's what happened with the Houston Astros. They were a team on the come-up, and they brought Justin Verlander in, and he was able to make them a World Series winning franchise. I want to end on this. Justin Verlander was so good with the Detroit Tigers. He spent his first 13 years there. I think he'll go into the Hall of Fame as a member of the Tigers, but if he wins another Cy Young or is in another World Series championship team with the Astros, I think you can start wondering if he should go in as a member of the Houston Astros, and that's wild to think about that I could even consider thinking of him as anything more than a member of the Tigers. I think when Justin Verlander was traded, I thought he was going to be very good for the Houston Astros. I never could have imagined he would take his game to the next level. Again, for all of those who don't care about wins and losses, the guy has been 61-19 and as a member of the Houston Astros. He's been unbelievable in every single category. He's won two Cy Youngs, two World Series championships. He's in the discussion as the best pitcher in Houston Astros history, and he's in the discussion as the best pitcher in the history of the Detroit Tigers. If that's not an argument as to why Justin Verlander should be considered one of the greatest pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball, then I don't know what is. How many other starters could you make that argument that they're the best pitcher in the history of two franchises? You can't say that about Roger Clemens. He is in the discussion as the best starting pitcher for the Red Sox, but he's nowhere near the top of the best pitcher for the Astros or the Yankees. Maybe Pedro Martinez with the Expos and the Red Sox, but that feels like a bit of a reach.
That, to me, is what is so special about Justin Verlander. Is he's been so good, and for two different teams, I've seen so many pitchers change teams and then become a shell of themselves. That has not been the case with Justin Verlander. In fact, he's been arguably even better as a member of the Houston Astros, and that's wild because the guy won an MVP with the Detroit Tigers. He went to two World Series as a member of the Detroit Tigers. I really hope his dumb dominance continues and I do really hope he gets to 300 wins because I think it would be fitting if Justin Verlander became the last starting pitcher to get 300 wins. After missing an entire season, a 39-year-old pitcher unanimously wins his third Cy Young Award. That's unheard of and should be celebrated. Thanks for listening to this edition of Head to Head. I'm Cam McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so please rate, review, and subscribe.